Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by Vikram Shetty. Vikram, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jonathan, for inviting me. Before we get started, could you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Vikram Shetty. I'm a director at 73bit. Uh, we are a product company which specializes in sustainability benchmarking and assessment for corporates. And uh, primarily our uh, mission is to help every sustainability analyst find insights using data analysis. Interesting. Could you drill into sustainability uh, analysis a little bit more? What kind of companies, well, first of all, I mean, I can guess what that is, but what is that? And what kind of companies feel like that's something worth paying for? Sure. So more the primarily my clients would be either a non-profit think tank or a sustainability environmental services or some kind of civil society who are helping uh, the corporates, the Fortune 500s and the Russell 1000 to make sure that uh, they are having uh, proper uh, assessment or measurement towards their sustainability goals. So for example, let me explain. Uh, when we talk about financial goal or revenue goal, everyone knows about it and there is annual report around it. But there is nothing about a non-financial reporting as such uh, in the mass market. But uh, if someone is aware about sustainable development goals, so there are some uh, distinguished 17 uh, goals which have been decided. And these are various, uh, the famous one is carbon emission. And uh, there are gender pay gaps, there are human rights, a responsible fashion, uh, and so on and so forth. So these, uh, there are indicators and measurement tools in which you can measure if your company is good, uh, bad, or ugly uh, mm -hmm. in this, uh, in this uh, spectrum. So our clients basically kind of uh, make sure that they measure all of them in a standard parameter so that you are comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges. Oh, okay. And the, but your clients are not the, the end, right? No, no, not the corporates. The corporates are my client's client. Okay. Let me just take some notes here. All right. And so the, you listed nonprofit think tank and two others, but I couldn't write them down fast enough. Could you repeat the two other ones? Yeah, so it will be civil society. Civil society. So is that like government? Uh, government? Uh, it could be non-government, non government both. Mm -hmm. uh, then primarily environmental services organization, research uh, yes. organization. Okay. Enviro research. All right. That and... can be uh, industry, uh, uh, this industry association, those kind of, which has membership of, for example, uh, there is a big one in fashion. So there are uh, fashion industry association who wants to do a more green fashion. So they would want to uh, benchmark or assess their sector. So sector specific. Organization. Oh, okay. Sector specific organization. That makes sense. All right, great. And, and that's interesting. So how do these comp these, they're not really companies, are they just sort of trade associations or think tanks? How do they make their money so i you know yeah is it like right. membership dues grants uh the primarily yeah i think there primarily are three uh sources of income one is grants 
uh, which they get either from government or uh, somebody. Uh, the second one would be uh, donations or fundraising uh, from uh, big philanthropy organization. And sometimes they do a membership fee uh, for companies, but because they have to be a third party unbiased one, so they, they can only take operational fee. They don't take much fee from the members because otherwise uh, it can influence the rating and uh, the measurement. So these would be the three uh, primary uh, uh, source of income. In some cases, uh, if there are self-assessment uh, in case of environmental services, they also go ahead do a deep dive consultancy or workshop kind of a thing that could be a major uh, income source and the assessment could be their entry gate point thing where they do an initial quick assessment digitally online and they tell them your score is this much that helps them to go deep drive and uh, help the company forward. Hmm, interesting. So are, so are these basically primarily mission driven organizations that just have some charter or uh, like what is their what is their growth path? Is it just increasing their impact? Right. I think primarily all of them are mission uh, driven. In fact, uh, we have 20 clients and I think 75% are non-profit uh, organization out mm -hmm. of them. And uh, there are only a few consultancy who, uh, they are small businesses, but uh, they, for example, for them to impact more companies, more important than uh, their bottom line. So like none of them like are, uh, purely from uh, the their side, and that also kind of impacts our business because they are non-profit. It they come with budget and not investments. Mm -hmm. Okay, so inside of these different types of organizations, your client organizations, think tanks, and research uh, trade associations, those sorts of things, you said your target. No, is this is your buyer the sustainability researcher, or is that more like your end user? Uh, it's more like an end user. So there will be a research analyst sitting inside this think tank. So if you imagine, and they, they will be uh, the end user of our tool. So they will be collecting data from the uh, corporates and they will do analyze those data and they will create this rating scoring or assessment uh, out of it. Okay. And who, who's the decision maker inside of the organization that would have the yes or no decision on bringing you uh, in? Normally, program managers or their uh, uh, initiative managers or some kind of a director or someone in that organization or that initiative, uh, that would be uh, the decision maker uh, to buy the product or not. Okay. All right. So, and this is a product, not a service that you sell? Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a semi-SaaS kind of a thing because then we also... Uh, add-on services on top of it, for example, setting up their questionnaires or survey kind of a thing or helping them with designing their scorecard and stuff like that. So it's a mm -hmm. part product and part services. Okay. The service is optional one, but the product is our primary thing. So where they will have everything in a centralized uh, place and they can uh, work with it. Okay. And what is, what's your business model? So is it mostly... Is the is the product uh, a, a real revenue generator, or is it a foot in the door to sell services? Uh, so our primarily is uh, it is a revenue generator as of now. Uh, uh, 
okay, let me think about it now. In terms of revenue, it's not that bad. It is, uh, but I would say like uh, 50% of our income from comes from the license fee of the, it's a monthly uh, subscription fee. Mm-hmm. So 50% of our revenue come from the license of the product mm-hmm. and 50% comes under the additional services that we give or ad hoc changes and some, we also provide some customization on top of it. So sometime we get uh, that uh, money out of it also. Okay. And is the, would you, so that was 50-50 revenue from the two uh, halves of the business. Would you say it's the same, you know, is it 50-50 profits or is the product a lot more profitable or a lot less profitable in the services? Uh, Product is a lot more profitable than the services. Okay. All right. Because for some of the clients where it is, uh, uh, the product market is fit, there we don't have to provide any additional services. The Mm -hmm. product has been running for last decade. So there is no bug or anything. So we just collect our licenses. And if there are a couple of queries here and there, we address it. So it's like uh, almost zero to none touch points. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, they are happy. They come year on year. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a more more profitable on the, uh, uh, the license fee side or the product side. Great. Okay. So the, the services are more to really support long-term product adoption and usage. Okay. And do the, once someone, once someone is a customer of this product, is it, you said years, is it typically a long time that they stay? Right. Right. So we have a couple of clients who are with us for last 10 years. And uh, our, if you do an average of, or someone who has not recently joined an average of three and a half, four years is our LTV. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, mean, I would not uh, disagree with it because that's the reason we are we are still struggling to figure out like as you know the client is only 20 so the mm-hmm. so finding them is something that uh, so that's the saying I say like if the if if the uh, client is a fit for the product and if you allow them to sit with us for one hour Mm-hmm. My probability of converting them into client is more than eighty percent. Like they they get it instantly. Like wow, you have this, you have that, you have whatever mm-hmm. the problem they can think of, we have the answer already. Uh, I mean, oh. we have been doing it for multiple years now, so it kind of prepares. got it. All right, so you've got twenty clients now. Your yeah. conversion rate is eighty percent if you can get them on the phone. Right. But we should sit with them. Is this typically remote? Yeah, it's a remote, so it's a Zoom call, and uh, so yeah. If 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 it is not a forced conversion, if we like, if they have the right kind of a problem that we solve, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, definitely we have. You can safely say seventy percent conversion, and uh, we do it in remote call. And now uh, the product is also on the web, so it, everything is remote. Got it. Okay, and and you just you just said my favorite word problem the. Uh, you said if the product solves the problem that they they have, uh, it's you know it's it's just they get it instantly. So what is yeah. that problem? Like what is the in their words like what is the problem that they're like? Oh, this will solve that problem. Uh, so I'll tell you if if for example uh, if the pro- if this product uh, is not there, uh, how they collect the data from this company is by uh, sending a a big Excel sheet with multiple tabs and multiple indicator questions 
uh, to companies and they collect the data in an Excel format. And if there is any mistake or any correction, it goes back and forth. And from the company side also, it's not only one person who has the information, it's scattered all around so that will be multiple data owners. And so you can imagine the, the cumbersome in which they have to collect all this data. Once they collect it, they have to kind of almost clean it because they have to put it into a tabular format in some other spreadsheet mm -hmm. and then create ranking or ratings or put some their, some of their scoring algorithms and stuff like that. And then they have to create a, a report of a scorecard, which is if normally people kind of make it smaller because they have to manually copy paste into multiple documents and put their scores and stuff like that and then they have to email that back to those companies saying that okay this is what your score is and uh, uh, and they do an average of sector average or they can do a subsector average regional averages overall rankings and stuff like that so they have to put those uh, summarize information and all so it's more of like a whole uh, manual task of two months where maybe half a dozen researchers sit with uh, the data and number of company if they are more then uh, it can be a nightmare sometimes so did you say it takes two months for a half a dozen researchers to to sort of collate all of these excel documents into something a final product right in, in on an average right sometimes three three research, three uh, research analysts can do it sometimes so but yeah for th three to six uh, would be they will require at least two months to okay and what's it like for your clients at what's that process like uh, for your clients after they have your product so what they do is they they create a structure or a questionnaire like some some kind of a survey tool that you might have seen mm -hmm. uh, many but uh, this uh, survey tool also includes um, more tabular information, some calculators, uh, some uh, uh, different kind of uh, multi-select, single-select uh, kind of a uh, survey, but it can be put into multiple pages and then can have structure, hierarchy, uh, coding and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they send them, the company, the link to the survey. The company's kind of fills data into the survey as soon as they feel they get they get some of a daily notification of uh, whoever filled some of the information mm -hmm. and on the tool they they can go and ask for some clarification like a chat box within the survey kind of a thing cool. where they can have conversation and stuff that's the data collection part of it one cool feature we have is because this has to do yearly when the company go ne goes next year they can pre-fill or pre-populate their data from the previous year to the current year survey and they can make only changes to those which are changed because changes doesn't happen overnight right it's it's a long-term process right. so those all functionalities that there is also kind of if there are any links to the website and stuff so our system automatically takes a snapshot of it converts into a pdf uploads into a tool and a link is available right below that indicators so they can collect all those uh, data or evidences they the company provides and all so that's on the data collection part so and the company uh, will always have all their information anytime ready available to any number of their data owners whenever they log in and they have their thing mm -hmm. and on the our client side once it is loaded each as any survey tool there are scoring indicators that you can put it on it but if your your scoring is much more complicated we have a, a place which we 
call it as data sets basically and we can add any kind of excel like formulas and do more uh, complex calculations on it but you configure it and once the submission date is done from the uh, so still it will take two months but the two months the company will keep on filling data and our researchers can see the progress and stuff and if they want to intervene they can intervene and at the end of the cycle when they click like once it is done and this because the score is already configured the score automatically gets calculated uh, the output scorecard is also a template based is been uh, configured for them so a template is be getting created and uh, that uh, all of that gets backed into linked to that survey and they can see the report uh, to it so everything becomes kind of uh, an online system Hmm. Okay. So like that sounds super sophisticated and, and cool and bespoke for this space. So that's, that's interesting. But how, how is the program manager's life better with the tool versus without the tool? All right. So, uh, so without the tool, uh, there is a constant, uh, chaos within the team mm -hmm. because, uh, the, so imagine if, if the, if the data is in Excel, normally it sits in some Google Drive or Dropbox, mm -hmm. and then they create folder for all the companies and they have to kind of pull and push data there. And then uh, while, uh, while, while making conversation, uh, while making calculations, they have a freeze date, but there will be al always a last minute uh, submission of data or some correction on some of the data and the whole manual activity of pasting it into the, your calculation sheet and doing the calculation again it keeps on going back and forward so that's one thing uh, secondly let me just make sure i understand that so it's kind of like this big time crunch as the deadline approaches back and yes. forth with the corporate and it's just just total chaos and right. presumably mistakes are made or things are incomplete or you know just poorly delivered because of the the time pressure and then once once that deadline air quotes passes and then they finally decide okay this is extra done final this is it then they i guess pull the trigger on the next step which is to like collate all the data and and start to create the like the actual like they haven't done any work yet right they're just collecting right. data Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so that's one thing. And secondly, these are very highly qualified research analysts. They are like all they are, the minimum qualification will be master. So they are, these are PhD uh, scholars and research fellow kind of people. Mm -hmm. But if you see what they are doing is mundane work kind of a thing, right? Their job is not to, their job is to move the company, the corporates towards sustainability journey, right? Mm -hmm. And their, their job comes once the day once you have the summary of the data and then they might have to uh, find the correlation or cohesion between the data points or uh, things that they see or spot some uh, innovation opportunity or some way to kind of help the company move forward or give some recommendations that would help this company move forward right but mm -hmm. their time is kind of more occupied on the busy work of it and making sure that the uh, the final report that goes is accurate and uh, getting into the nitty-gritty of it so it's it's more of a waste of their uh, intellect if i may say uh, mm -hmm. uh, rather than so so that's the second thing like they 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 don't get to do the work that they are supposed to do because most of the time they are kind of 
searching for the evidences which is misplaced or uh, why this data is like this they are not able to figure it out or uh, coordination between the uh, the companies and uh, waiting for their emails and things like that so mm-hmm. all of that the busy work is also kind of uh, reduced uh, the third one is uh, uh, they kind of from an opportunity side uh, this becomes like a digital asset to them also so data is valuable but because it is structured and you can kind of create uh, you have year on year data and it's all organized in such a way that uh, you can end up using this data and create some sector wise report or some industry level analysis and things on top of it and definitely now with the use of data science and stuff you can pull it into different system and kind of play with it so this recently has started become kind of a data asset or a digital asset for them also so okay. these are the couple of points that they help so before without your tool they really don't have that they just have a bunch of scattered excel documents that are a real mess and right. and they've got their final product which is is sounds like it might be pretty static not, not no longer connected to the data so like if you updated the data the, the dashboard or whatever the scorecard wouldn't update no. Okay. No, because the scorecard, they earlier they used to send it in PDF format, right? It's a static one. Now, because we also have a digital uh, thing which they can play with, and it's live, or the recent data, and you always have an option of creating another one which pulls up the more recent data and do year-on-year analysis and things like that. So okay. uh, that flexibility that they get, uh, how they use it or not, is uh, something that can be debatable. Interesting. Okay, so so if we flip that around and, and see each of these pains, I've got them listed as constant chaos within the team, huge push at the submission deadline. Uh, you've got overqualified researchers doing mundane data entry work, which is a waste of intellect. They don't get to spend their time doing what they're supposed to be doing with, because they're hunting for data. And the output is just a static data, uh, static PDF. So it doesn't, it doesn't become, you're not building a data asset where you could do sector wide or year over year comparisons. So, so if we flip all of those and we said that, you know, there would be, um, you know, what's the opposite of chaos? There'd be, everything would be orderly within the team. No huge push at the deadline, the submission deadline, your, you know, brilliant people that you got from academia that you were lucky to get don't have to be be <laughs> sorting through Excel documents. The data that they need is going to be right there so they can do their work uh, maybe better than ever. And and when it's all said and done, they'll have a data asset where they could do sector-wide and year-over-year comparisons, which would potentially bring them a new revenue stream, or is that, am I making that up? Uh, that's a bit... Uh, it's a bit that, of a stretch. Yeah, because they are mission driven. So like revenue right, right. is not uh, something. But I think I think what I think is it would help them to scale to add more corporates into their assessment. Mm-hmm. So right. because if you do it manually, the scalability hits a limit, right? But because the system is doing it for you, you can scale more faster. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Scale that impact. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let's with all that said that was sort of a super long preamble but i knew where we were going to work we're going with this so your goal is to get more clients on this product and it sounds like it'd be good for everyone if that were the case if you had more clients using this product it would be better for everyone world a better place so right now 
and, and you identified when we set up this call, you identified that the that your questions were around niching down on a target market. Right. So, so currently, what? how would you categorize your target market? In your mind, what would you say if I asked you, what's your target market? So uh, my target market is uh, a nonprofit research organization is in a broader, I would categorize it. And mm -hmm. uh, they do uh, corporate benchmarking or assessment. So that's what it would be. No mention of sustainability? Uh, yes. Uh, it would be, sorry, sustainability benchmarking and assessment. Okay. Sustainability. And if, are there any, I think you might have said this already, but are there, uh, how many for-profit companies offer sustainability benchmarking, if any, and would you accept one of those as a client or are you uh, committed to just the more nonprofit side of the fence? No, uh, we uh, we have uh, already few of them. Uh, they, those are those would be pretty much environmental services uh, organization, uh, and there could be a diversity consultants as well. So those come under for profit. Uh, mm -hmm. This would be consultancy, and then on a responsible investment side, there could be a couple of them who would uh, want to uh, go for this uh, kind of. Uh, uh services okay and and generally speaking these sustainability benchmarking companies or, or organizations would have big corporate clients or maybe not generally speaking they will have uh big corporate clients okay. uh, uh i think top 1000 or top 5000 okay okay and if if uh i did a google search for st sustainability benchmarking near me how many hits would I get? How big is the the group of organizations that do sustainability benchmarking? Is there a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand? My uh, search till now would be somewhere between uh, two hundred to five hundred. I mean, you might have figured out it's a very niche, super niche kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. There aren't much, but recently there has been a different variation that have been coming up. So. Uh, but I would say between 200 and 500. Okay. And how many employee or I guess employees or how much headcount would one of these organizations typically have? Uh, typically from uh, anywhere from five to 200. Okay. 200 employees. And in the hierarchy of, of let's say uh, a middle of the road, say 75 person organization, how high up the food chain is the program manager? Oh, okay. So they would be at least uh, uh, either one or two level down uh, okay. to them. So yeah, either their boss is a CEO. Mm -hmm. Most of the cases it is, or their boss's boss is the definitely a CEO. Okay. And so, and you you think the program manager, someone like that, is probably your ideal buyer like the person who makes the decision they might have to go get approval for the budget but but they'd be the person right. who decides absolutely okay so the program manager is the decider and they are one or two steps from the ceo that's good um all right uh question let's let's just double click on program manager for a second here when you are on that Phone call, Lisa. If oh, if I can get someone on a one-hour phone call, they instantly see 
the advantages and 70 to 80% chance I'm going to close the deal. Is the CEO ever on one of those calls or is it usually uh, not that? Not that. If, if it is a very small organization, then the CEO is on the call. Mm-hmm. But more than not, it's not. And if you see our pricing also, it's uh, it's not that uh, uh, it's premium, but it's not like very expensive as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that case, uh, the budget, like the pricing fits in uh, for uh, only the program manager to decide also in most of the cases. Oh, okay. So it's not such a huge purchase that they need right, to. Right. Okay. Right. I don't think so. Like, because even if it is a nonprofit organization, their uh, annual cost or revenue would be still 200K or 500K, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's still an, uh, one thing. And our is, our is on an average cost is uh, 5K GBP or the over yearly cost could be exceed, not exceed more than 10K GBP. So it's not something that is uh, expensive. I wouldn't put it as expensive, the client way. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. Um, This is very clear. It sounds to me. So, okay. So let's get back to your specific question, which was talking about niching down. Um, The, to me, your market is sustainability benchmarking organizations, nonprofit and for-profit who serve big corporate clients like the top 1,000, let's say, your ideal buyer sounds like the program manager at an organization like that. Um, that feels pretty niche down to me. Is it, what are, what are the, what are, in other words, like I can imagine searches, you know, online that would literally give me a list of people's names that have a role at a company like that. Am I opt- overly optimistic about that? Is that not the reality? So it is not because what happens is, uh, uh, so firstly, when you do that search, you don't like you get uh, some names and there can be overlap, but those people might not do uh, across corporate wide benchmarking or assessment. They might do bespoke research kind of a thing. And because the title has research, you might end up getting more of them uh, uh, than this specific across uh, the corporate uh, quantitative benchmark and assessment kind of uh, am i able to explain that clearly uh, i'm getting there i'm i'm close right. is it are you saying that there are, there are multiple program managers different kinds of program managers at yes. sustainability yes. benchmarking organizations okay. right so so there can be program manager who 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 are more on a, a more on like a a grassroots level program also sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be on an energy level where they, their program is to kind of influence companies to move, go move towards more renewable energy and use more of them and then they don't do uh, uh, they do a different kind of program uh, there and then uh, the benchmark there is a little different than the kind of benchmarking that we are talking so there is a bit of a uh, overlaying about uh, uh, about all those things and uh, uh, so so for example uh, let's me let me pick the uh, the suggestion that i've given to you so one is diversity and one is responsible investment right so in diversity the language or the kind of uh, titles they might use could be completely different uh, and uh, uh, it could be diversity consultant, for example. 
and then there is no mention of benchmark or assessment or anything but they do some kind of a diagnostics or they run kind of a thing so that that becomes a problem and even if you go for a responsible investment there could be esg analyst but then this and esg analyst sits under a uh investment asset management company who are doing some kind of a quant based uh esg analysis and they are far fetched from what we are trying to do. Mm, okay so it sounds to me more like it sounds like you've got a really clear target market and ideal buyer and it's extremely specific so the question is in my mind and maybe this is the maybe this is the uh same thing but um it's really how to get in contact with the right people. It's not knowing who the right people are. So if I look back at the at the the notes from this uh, setting up this call, the word choice that you that you put in there uh, in one of the bullet points was was this. Even though my target market is sustainability research analysts, they come in all different roles and domains. So I would just I don't. This might be useful uh, from a clarity standpoint um, to to update your language around the, the sustainability research analysts are actually your user. They're not your target market or your ideal buyer. Right. So you really, so in my marketing and in, my, in all that language, I'd be looking, I'd be talking to program managers who are, you know, just sick of the chaos that happens in their, you know, the chaos in their team as submission deadlines approach and their, you know, losing Excel documents in Google Drive or whatever. God. So, um, so it just might help from a you know, like when we're talking about this in Slack, let's say, or or just in general, to distinguish between those three terms: the end user, the ideal buyer, and the target market. Um, so then, your next bullet point was: once I can identify them, the sales page for my productized service can be better. I think I, I don't I don't have that in front of me, but but. If it's talking to sustainability research analysts, I would say you're talking to the wrong person. Uh, and when I say talking, I mean like writing for sales uh, page. Yeah, so like a sales page in based on oops, based on this conversation so far, I would say the sales page should be talking directly to the program manager. Right. Uh, and and you know it, that changes the language. It's like instead of instead of the pains being like. Oh, you know, are you running around like crazy looking for Excel documents on deadline when really you should be using your big brain to find ways to, uh, you know, I don't know, score IBM on their, right. I don't know, whatever, they crunching numbers or something. It's like you right. should be crunching numbers, not hunting for numbers. So that, that would be language to the end user, but the end user is not the person you want on your website. The person you want on your website is the one who's worried about the chaos in their team and well, what are, what are other, I mean, well, we could get on this path, but it might be premature, but, but it would talk about the things that the program manager is frustrated with or wants to achieve instead of what the end user is frustrated with and wants to achieve. Right. Right. I, I hear you. The only, I mean, it's just, I'm just thinking out loud here. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if I just use those language, but if, if they are doing some kind of a research which are thematic research or some other uh, generic research in that case also it kind of the 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 uh, the messaging might resonate with them but they might not be our target market 
uh, or they might not use the tool itself what happens if those kind of people then uh, start uh, reaching out or connecting us um i'm not sure i'm not sure i understand so you're saying that like a program manager inside of a sustainability research organization that doesn't actually do the sustainability research stuff yeah so they so that's what the sustainability research is not only assessing and benchmarking right there are mm-hmm. other kind of research as well that can be a very generic thematic for example there can be an hydrogen research going on in the space of sustainability where they are researching on what is the easiest way to use hydrogen energy in order to make sure the companies can use it and that's pretty much a, a pure research uh, or fellowship kind of a work right no benchmarking or whatever no benchmarking or whatever and okay. this kind of thing happens more like there can be a whole 6 month tra- just transition like and for that you need research going on where they are actually engaging with uh, the big company and uh, they are kind of hunting and doing some handall research there is no tool required because they are actually uh, finding the solution to different kind of a problem and those people will also resonate with this message right so i think i think the language the pain language would filter down to the appropriate program managers um, okay. But you tell me. Let me let me let me just run this by you. So, if the pain is constant chaos within the team, you have huge push huge push for data collection at the submission deadline. Um, maybe some language around around improve improve company engagement uh, more. I mean, you just you. I think if you use the word benchmarking liberally throughout the page, it's automatically going to wouldn't would that? Yes. Yes. Assess and benchmarking. Mm-hmm. And I can use index and rating, ranking, mm-hmm. scores. Right. Yeah. So use, you just use the jargon from their world, use the lingo from their world. And, right. and someone who's researching hydrogen kind of on yeah. their own isn't, is going to be like, well, I, this is not for me. Got it. Yeah. So it just won't speak to them. It won't resonate. They'll bounce. So the, the, but I, but what you're bringing up is a, a good, a good point, which I'll just articulate for the the listener. Right. After my dogs leave the room. Um, Sometimes the ideal buyer has a really generic title. So even though, right. And there's multi, and and it's not as easy in your case, it's not as easy as targeting the CEO of a sustainability research organization, because there's only one of those program managers. There's multiple ones and they have different kinds of programs that they're running. And it's, not necessarily, or maybe not ever reflected in their title, what their responsibilities are. So, and that's probably a harder thing to search for. You need to be more clever to search and get a list of those people. Um, So for example, you, in theory, you could search for, I don't know if the search is even possible, but in theory, people who are the kinds of program managers that you want, would be talking on LinkedIn about, or would be sharing things on LinkedIn that are related to benchmarking and indexing and those other things that you listed. So it's possible it's possible that you could do a combination of filters where you you filter down to program managers at sustainability research companies or organizations, and you've got a list of you know if there are if there are, what do we say two hundred to five hundred organizations in the market let's just average that and say like 350 and if there are 
you know, an average of three program managers, then you've got around a thousand people who are, are a subset. And then you need a subset of that subset, which is the ones that are sharing the links, uh, you know, the, the ones that are mentioning benchmarking somewhere, maybe in their profile or, you know, they're about or in their activity feed. Not sure if you can just do a search for that, but you could maybe, you know, scroll through and look for people or you could ask them <laughs> just go through the go through the list. I mean, if it's a thousand people, it'd probably only take you, you know, with LinkedIn uh, limits, it'd probably only take you two weeks. I'm doing the math right there. Basically 10 business days to contact all of them and and invite them on a on a sustainability podcast and say hey i'm doing a, a pod, i have a podcast about sustainability is that something that you handle and they'll say yes or no right god is yeah so so you're i think you you're um you know everything you need to know i don't you do not need to niche down farther uh, that's for <laughs> sure it's a question of how do you get in touch with the people that you have designed it that you have designed a product to help and I mean, the, the way that I just described is, is one way uh, I would guess that I would also, there might be, there might be hashtag, you know, if these folks are active online and maybe they're not, cause sometimes there's certain t- groups of people that tend not to be, uh, but if they are active online, then there might be hashtags that are related to benchmarking and sustainability, some combination of those two hashtags. Uh, so those people who uh, you, you might find just somebody that's not the program manager. You might find a research uh, analyst and and just look and see who their boss is, because I assume they would report to the program manager, uh, or I don't know. But uh, you could try and you could do that. Uh, right. If if they're not active online, you might have to resort to um, some kind of conferences. Well, conferences and trade shows was the next thing I was going to say, where where the the focus of the conference is sustainability benchmarking does such a conference exist or trade organization well you said there are trade organizations that do this so presumably they have events that are that are for program managers and or program maybe not for program managers but are attended by program managers and you could get names that way as well Uh, and then yes of course the old standby email and cold calling you can always do that um, I, I'd like to when I when someone really doesn't have another option and has to go old school because that's the way everybody used to do it uh, before the internet. Um, that would probably be. It's nice to have something for them. So to you know invite them to a show, invite you know maybe you're doing a series of articles on a particular space inside of this little space. You know like uh, environmental sustainability benchmarking. Like you pick a specific area or carbon footprint or something and piggyback off of that and and have like us do a series of articles or podcast episodes and when you email people uh, when you send emails to you know you can probably easily get program managers you're not sure if they're the right one you could just say hey you know i don't know if if you particularly or you could say who in your organization does the uh, handles sustainability scores and benchmarking and that sort of thing um, i'm looking to interview people for a podcast uh, about that and they can just point you in the right direction if it's not them Right, right. Great. I think uh, from all the options that you have given me, I already have a podcast, so that's something I can easily try. And uh, LinkedIn is something that is more 
active in our space because of the nature of the business because their clients are on linkedin so they have to be on linkedin so mm. that is a better help for me at least that i have seen uh yeah program manager are not active <laughs> that is also true uh but <laughs> that's the reason i went into research analyst that's the reason i mentioned because those people are normally active uh, mm-hmm. so but i i i understand because my ideal buyer is a program manager or a research director or a, right. uh, uh some kind of an uh, like a corporate uh, like a impact uh, manager or some kind of a title of that uh, mm-hmm. thing and I, i think that that is really helpful for me to uh, focus on and figure out figure out how to connect to them and definitely i can invite them to my podcast that would be an easy way to learn about them and uh, bias profile cool excellent sounds like this was a little bit helpful some progress there absolutely i think uh, it was uh, really helpful and thank you for uh, asking me those question because this podcast will, i need to listen to it again because it i i've never explained my business to anyone like this before <laughs> so mm-hmm. thank you for those uh, line of questions oh good yeah it's actually really clear it's it's i don't know if it could be any, you could just be good at it or it could be because you have a product uh, but usually when i i talk to especially when i talk to service providers they're just like don't know how to answer the question but yours is actually very i expect i was because of the nature of the the conversation leading up to this call i i thought it was going to be a lot more um exploratory in terms of of the who but it's really not it's just the real question is is like you know who it's like but how do i get in touch with them that's the tricky part how do i find the needle in the haystack yeah Well cool, why don't you tell folks where they can get in touch with you online? Maybe they know some program managers that might want to contact you or get on your podcast and let them know about your podcast too. Absolutely. Thank you. My you can find me on LinkedIn. You can uh, search for Vikram Shetty uh, and my company is 73bit.com. That is 73bit.com. And uh, my podcast is Sustainability Scores. and i can assure you on google just type sustainability scores and you will find my podcast <laughs> perfect <laughs> great well thanks again for joining me thank you jonathan thanks so much all right folks that's it for this week i'm jonathan stark and i hope you join me again next time for ditching hourly bye hey jonathan again do you have questions about how to improve your business things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning best of all you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee if at the end of the call you don't feel like it was worth it just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com/call. C A L L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com/call. Hope to see you there.